My lords, ladies and gentlemen, your highnesses, your graces, Father Thames, Mother McCree, Sister George, <laughs> the president of the board's Paul Road Temperance Society would like to take Irish whiskey with his honoured guests. But he didn't. <laughs> so please be upstanding and charge your glasses with Dr. Catamold's vitamin eyes, tonic wine. The kiddies love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the toast is... Rather hard! And in this edition, you'll be able to meet Dermot Stavaker and René, thrills and spills on the mighty bacon slicer. <laughs> and music will be provided by Captain Peregrine Simcox and the massed pipes of the 14th Mounted Sanitary Inspectors. <laughs> but here now is your own, your very own, Kenneth the Tiddly Winky Girl, Holmes! <laughs> That was Douglas Smith, who has often been. <laughs> but unfortunately, he always comes back. Now, here are the answers to last week's questions. First, complete the following film title, Whistle Down Thee. <laughs> well, of course, it was wind. <laughs> and most of you had it. <laughs> ah, bad luck. Needless to say, needless to say, I had a letter from Mr. Gruntfuttock and... Uh, what he whistles down is of no possible interest to anyone. <laughs> except, uh, except Bertram Mills and perhaps the director of public prosecution. <laughs> now, the, the well-known phrase or saying was, people in glass houses shouldn't. <laughs> and, uh, of course, that is complete as it stands. All right, Smith, now make the announcement. Certainly, sir. And now, since this is the final programme of the series, this is positively your last chance to throw yourselves at the feet of D. Smith's oh. demon boy announcer <laughs> and demonstrate the esteem in which you hold me. What, no one? <laughs> oh, well, the Kenneth Horn Theatre of Suspense. Terror is a strange emotion. It is different things to different people. It can be a creaking on the stairs. It can be something rustling in the attic. But for most people, it is... <laughs> Mrs. Thursday. Come with me now through the creaking door of the unconscious where lurks the ghastly naked spectre of insanity. Good evening, sir. I am the insanity spectre. <laughs> I've come to unblock your libido. Through here, spectre. You'll find it in the... <laughs> twilight sanctum. My name is Ebenezer Cuckpowder. <laughs> but we won't go into that now. I come of a West Country seafaring family, but I can't do the accent. I won't... 
I can, actually, but I won't. The, the story I'm about to relate took place when I was but a slip of a lad. The lad in question being my father, and the slip being me. <laughs> the year was 1863, and I'd arrived in Portsmouth. I was footloose. In fact, my kneecaps were only held on with sticky tape. And fancy-free. That is, if it was free, I fancied it. Ready for adventure, I made my way to a low tavern on the quayside frequented by rough, swarthy, seafaring men. Uh, Pink Gin, dearie. Coming up, Black Gin. How about you, Tobago Jack? I have the same as him and a packet of crisps, and don't forget the salt. <laughs> Timbers! Ah, vast me mateys! Ah, clear a path for Scarface Rufus, me boyos! Avast, I say! I'll put me hook through any man, Jack, who dares stand in me way! Ah, ah, ah! A pint of grog, me beauty! Ah, come here, me dear! Give us a kiss! Ah! Edmund Vicker. <laughs> what brings you in here, Scarface? I be looking for a crew to sail with Captain Ahab. He be shipping out tonight. Which of ye stout-hearted lads will sign on? Shanghai Charlie, Frisco Sam, Yokohama Mike, Western Supermare Alf? <laughs> Feared, curse your black hearts for a pack of lily little jackals. Who will take ship with Captain Ahab? Good evening, Ebony. Is a cuck powder at your service? Ah, no thanks. I never use it. <laughs> I eyed him curiously. Aye, aye, Scarface. Aye, aye, cuck powder. Well, what brings you here? I'm looking for a ship. Ah, then come in, me hearty. Well, mateys. And who be this young cuckpowder who puts you all to shame? This fine stripling with his apple... <laughs> with his apple cheeks and his long, blonde hair. <laughs> Aye, and his... Oh, you don't have to use your imagination. <laughs> You're a disgrace, though. Ah, you be a lucky lad to sail aboard the golden help, Glub Glub. That's a curious name for a sailing boat. Aye, the woman who was launching it fell off the rostrum and drowned. <laughs> hey, and ever uh, since the ship you're cursed, my dear, nobody who'd go on her had ever been seen again, my dear. Tis like a floating name of Andrew's show, my dear. <laughs> Don't he go aboard her, my dear. Ah, uh, take no heed, young cockpowder. Take no young cockpowder. <laughs> oh, honestly, it's ludicrous, isn't it? <laughs> Have a, have a drugged drink, matey. Hey, what'll it be? I'll just have a grog and a bit of lemon. Ah, oh, here, lad. I quoffed the firming tankard eagerly, and then suddenly everything blurred, and the figure of Scarface started to dance in front of my eyes. Hey, hey, hey! Hello! Hello! Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I spoke. 
When I came to, it was to find myself lying on a bunk surrounded by the faces of as ruffianly a band of desperados as one could wish to meet. That's outside of Eddie Braden and the Hornblowers, of course. <laughs> one of the scoundrels leant over me. Hello, Mickey B. Feeling bitter. Where am I? You been the evil smelling folks of Captain Ahab ship, and these are some of the evil smelling folks will be your shipmates. <laughs> This'n be one eyed Culpepper. Hello, Mitty. This be black hearted Obadiah Loom Bogle. Hello, Mitty. <laughs> and this be the first meat Iron Teeth Rums Picket. Hello, darling. <laughs> You've been shanghaied, young cockpowder. We be four weeks out of Portsmouth bound for the China Seeds. We be going after Moby Duck. Shouldn't that be Dick? No. No. <laughs> this be the great white Peking duck that horns deep waters. Eight a foot long it be with a 200-foot wingspan. And they do say it's how when it lays an egg in the China seas, there'll be tidal waves at Scarborough, my dear. <laughs> Captain Ahab be sworn to slay the critter. You see, they had a tussle once before, and he knew where's a wooden leg. Oh, I'd be a fearsome critter. Yes, I can imagine. It's not every day you see a giant duck with a wooden leg, is it's it? It's not the duck. It's Captain Ahab. <laughs> Here he comes now. Morning, scum! Morning, man! Curse all they black hearts, ye bunch of snivelling toadies! Any complaints? Uh, well, the food cut may ever be awful. For the last four weeks, we've had nothing but big beans. Ah, uh, there's rumblings in the forecastle every night. <laughs> Silence! Silence, one eye. How would they like a taste of the cat? Oh, thank you, Captain. Ah. <laughs> It'll make a change from all them big beans. Captain, we can't go on like no, this. Yeah, no. Ah, backwards. Ah, ah, yeah, mutinous dogs. Where's Mr. Christian? Mr. Christian? So do me a favour, what do you want? <laughs> Mr. Christian, take, take one eye, Culpepper below, gave him a few lashes, some mascara, <laughs> and a tin of wrinkle cream. He looks awful. Yeah, no, no, please, no, 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 take him away, Mr. Christian, and I put him to picking oakum. For the next two weeks, the poor wretch lay below, picking away at his oakum. <laughs> it's uh, an unpleasant habit, but it passes the time at sea. <laughs> next morning, I was awakened at the quarter to six bells by uh, Captain Ahab shouting from the crow's nest. Avast! Avast! Avast what? I don't know, but it's pretty big. <laughs> Wait a minute, it'd be Moby Duck. Ah, there she blows. What do you mean, there she blows? Ducks don't blow. Well, whatever it is they do, she's doing it. <laughs> Look, duck ho on the port bow. <laughs> Thank you, ducky. 
she she's taking off. She's going to lay an egg. What? What? Whoa! <laughs> ah! Man the harpoon gun. We're going after her. She's getting away. More steam. More steam. This is a sailing boat. Oh, yeah. Oh, more wind. More wind. Ah, we're gaining on her. She'll not get away this time. Forty years I've waited this moment. Ah, yes, I know what you said about me. I know what's been whispered on this ship. You all think I'm a raving madam. I... It's a misprint. It should be a raving madman. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a bit bold. Yeah. Raving madman, of course. Ah, I may be mad, but that duck be the cause of my madness. I will have vengeance. There, there she be, alongside now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Stuff me in the harpoon gun. <laughs> now, listen. No. No, come on, that's not messing about. <laughs> Stuff me in the harpoon gun, cuck powder. I'm going after her myself. Aye, sir. Ah. Re- ready? Stuffed. <laughs> Congratulations! A direct hit! Well... Well, I can't actually say, but if Captain Ahab was an orange... (laughs) See them grappling! Captain Ahab and his leviathan duck locked in mortal combat! For hours, it seemed the duel continued, no quarter being given or asked. But at last, with a final flurry of its huge web feet, Moby Duck succumbed. Ooh, quack! <laughs> and vanished beneath the waves, carrying Captain Ahab with it. <laughs> and there endeth my chronicle. And even today, 80 years later, though I'm old, bent and sore, I... <laughs> No, I'm sorry, it's another misprint. It should be... It should be seer. The memory of that giant duck stays with me. Whenever I eat duck a l'orange at the Ritz, I think to myself with a quiet smile, it's amazing what you can get away with in Round the Horn. <laughs> By the way, the accomplished Mr. Hugh Paddock played the part of the duck. It was the part that most people throw away. (laughs) And now, here are the Fraser Hayes Four, who spent all the morning polishing their scales and cleaning their little web feet, so as to be nice and smart as they sing... Supercolorfragilisticexpialidocious. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Four. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Under 
was afraid to speak when I was just a lad. Me father gave me nose a tweak and told me I was bad. But then one day I learned a word that saved me aching nose. The biggest word you've ever heard, and this is how it goes. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious He'd travel all around the world and everywhere he went He'd use his word and all would say, there goes a clever gent When Dukes and Maharajas pass the time of day with me I say him his special word and then they ask me art to tea Oh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Which is docious Ali XP isn't it? Fragile Cali Rufus. But that's going a bit too far, don't you think? Didn't you put it so away? when the cat has got your tongue, there's no need for dismay. Just summon up this word and then you've got a lot to say. But better use it carefully or it may change your life. Like one night I said it to me girl, and now me girl's me wife. And now, trends. First, the trend in films is still back to the 40s, the era when Fanny was by Gaslight and not Hill. <laughs> and Hill was Dr. Charles and not Fanny. The days when Jimmy Tarbuck was Ted Ray and so was Charlie Chester. <laughs> when, uh, when everybody was our gallant ally except for the people who are now our friends. <laughs> ah, well, plus ça change. That's your actual French, you know. <laughs> Here now is an excerpt from one of the great films of that period, starring Dame Celia Molestrangler and ageing juvenile Binky Huckerback. <laughs> Charles! Charles! I thought you'd never get here. It wasn't easy. <laughs> but I pulled it off. Uh, uh, Charles, darling, how strong you are. <laughs> oh, Fiona, how I love you in these gay, madcap, antic, hoidenish, exuberant moods of yours. You just twinkle. <laughs> Charles, only for you. Come, sit here by me. Tell me, Charles, is it bad? At the front. At the front. Pretty bad. At the front. Not too good at the back. But she's done the sides beautifully. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it tickles you, does it? <laughs> Perhaps I should have shaved it off. <laughs> I love to hear you laugh, Fiona. I know. I know you know. I know you know, I know. Yes, I know. Charles, I want to make you happy for these few brief fleeting moments that we're together. How, how can I make you happy? You know, Fiona. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Kiss me, Charles. Kiss me. Oh, oh Fiona, if only this could go on forever. Tell me, Fiona, have you ever loved like this before? Not like this. Not quite like this. Not on the top of a 73 bus. <laughs> Yes, it beggars description, doesn't it? <clears throat> now we move on to the world of folk music. Sumer is a Kumanin, Lud Singh Rambling Sid Rumpel. Well, hello, me dearie for I'll fuss it, me truss it, and wordle me groats, and if that don't work, I'll poke it down with a stick. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, you know. It might turn nasty if it's disturbed. Now, what ineffable ullage have you got first this week? It is a Runcorn Splod Cobblers song sung by the Splod Cobblers of Runcorn as they pump their cord wangle bellow for cobbling their splods. <laughs> it's best to do it in that order. <laughs> you see, the, the splod has to be white hot, otherwise, it gets the bogle in it, and you can't do nothing with a bogled splod. No. No, I believe that even the dustman won't take it away. I won't no, take it no, away. No. Uh, what exactly is a splod? A splod is a kind of spottle guard or shreve hoof worn by a lummockshire knob-tiddler or work goat, as it prefers to be known. Understandable, really, because you'd feel embarrassed, too, if you was called a lummockshire knob-tiddler. Yes, yes. <laughs> you would be uh, wide open to all sorts of curious nicknames, would Precisely, you? yeah. yeah. Sometimes I swear he understands every word I say. <laughs> now, 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 me deario, as the splod cobbler works his trumis, he sings this lugubrious ditty. <clears throat> I sing as I cobble and hammer my splod, though my trumis glows hot and my trade be on. I... I sit as I garble and pillock me spleen. For a cobbler's life is the life for me. Sing lickety, lickety, splod me, boys. Sing wackety, wackety, ooh. Well, why the ooh? Well, that's the sad part of the narrative. Alas, you see, he misses his splod and impales himself on his own cord wangle. <laughs> I imagine that could be very painful. Fatal, as no. most often. <laughs> as a result of which he dies, lack a day. And they do say as how his ghost walks abroad in a minor key as follows. <clears throat> now his ghost still sits and cobbles his blood. 
Though his promise grows cold And he's on his tongue <laughs> He sings as he gorbles his ghostly spree Oh, a cobbler's life was the death of me Sing lickety, lickety, splod me, boys. Sing wackety, wackety, splod. Well, I think there's an awful warning for us all there. Now, moving on, uh, recently I was asked to organise a cabaret for the Director-General of the BBC. They said they wanted something different, so I popped down to a little agency in the Charing Cross Road that I'd heard of. It was called Boner Performers. <laughs> Hello, anybody there? Hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend, Sandy. <laughs> We're your Boner Performers. Boner Performers, mm. we are. Oh, it's Miss Ron. Oh, how nice to value your dolly old eek again. <laughs> What brings you trolling in here? Well, I've been asked to organise a cabaret for the BBC on the 15th. Now, I was wondering if you could fix me up. Oh, yes, mm. Ducky. Oh. <laughs> yes. oh, no, no, we'd be glad to fix you up any time. Any Yes, all oh, BBC, is it? Oh, well, you want something a bit risque for that mob. How about Queenie? I think she is at liberty, isn't Queenie? she? Well, Queenie? What, uh, what does Queenie do? Oh, she does striptease with a difference. Oh. With a difference. See, she's, normally, she's the bearded lady at Black. She's got a long beard right down to her ankles. Right down. <laughs> yes, and instead of stripping, she just comes on and shaves. Lovely <laughs> act. Very good act. She can't do it often. Takes her two years to grow the beard again. Oh, dear. Yeah. Really well, it's, not, it's not exactly what I had in mind. A little le less exotic, I oh. think. We can get you the great Omi Poloni. He's one of ours, isn't he, Jewel? Oh, Omi yes. Poloni. Yes. Lovely yes, act. <laughs> no, describe the actual. Well, he's your actual strong man, really, strong, isn't he? Strong. Yes. Yeah. Beggar's description. He Could you give me some idea of his act? Well, he comes on, you see, wearing this leopard skin, you mm. see. He's a great butch homie with. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's got these fuse like an oak and bulging lallies. Oh, <laughs> Well, he bends an arm bar, tears two telephone directories in half, he drives a nail through a plank with his bare fist, and then, as a finale for his piece de resistance... That's right, you're French. French. <laughs> he's harnessed between two teams of wild horses, pulling in opposite directions. But does he budge? Budge, he does not. Budge, he does not. <laughs> no, and we bill him as the strongest man on earth. Well, I'll take him, then. Oh, you can't have him on the 15th. No. That's the night for washing his hair. <laughs> Well, now, who else have you got that's available? Well, we're available, haven't we, Sam? Extremely. <laughs> we, we will be happy to oblige on the 15th. We are yeah. your great all-round entertainers, Sand and Jewel, a show in their selves. All-round. Brightest stars in the showbiz firmament. Mm. We can be seen nightly at the Marine Commando Club in Paddington. Yeah. <laughs> we're always there. We're always there, you see. You can be seen up there. Yeah, why don't you come and see us, eh? Yes. Drag yourself up there one night. <laughs> we have to be seen to be believed. Yes. And what, I shudder to ask, do you do? Oh, he bowled! <laughs> oh, he goes too far, doesn't he? Well, we're versatile, Mr. Orne. You name it, and we do it. Oh, all right. Uh, sing? No, not your actual singing, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Dance? No, no. Juggle? No. no. Conjure? No. Well, I thought you said if I named it, you could do it. Oh, yes, Ducky, but you haven't named it yet. <laughs> Well, eventually I named it, and they did it. <laughs> but uh, happily, the plaster should be off in a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, last week's uh, hangover question. It was the what is it question in which I asked you, what is it that has a great hairy body, two huge staring eyes, 16 legs, and an eight-foot wingspan? Well, I only got one answer to this, which came from a major ER lark's haunch of North Borneo. He said, and I quote... The creature you describe is common in these parts and is known as the giant man-eating... <laughs> well, I assume he was right as the letter was sent by his next of kin. <laughs> Cheerio. And with any luck, see you next year. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Chalk and Marty Feldman, and the show is produced by John Simmons. <laughs>